Welcome to For the Health of It, starring Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. She is joined by producer Mike Clark. This dynamic, sometimes crazy, sometimes funny, and always entertaining duo will inspire you to eat, move, sleep, think, and live better. You're listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Are you there? <laughs> I was thinking. You know what I was thinking about, actually, Mike? What were you thinking about, Dr. Jenny? <laughs> I was thinking about how I really appreciate how right now in this room, we have, there's three of us. It's Mike and our guest co-host, Priscilla Wilson. Welcome back. Yay, so I'm glad. so glad to be back. And today there's no pressure. You're just hanging out, letting me talk, chatting it up a little bit sharing your wisdom. It's very chill. The reason I wanted you here for this segment, and Mike, the reason I value you being here, is we're going to talk about ways that we can manage stress. And honestly, you two are two of the least stressed out people I know. Like, so we're managing it well, I guess. Huh? <laughs> I like would it's, say. It's like yeah. not in your nature. I never hear you guys say you're stressed out, ever. I th- you know, it happens occasionally. It definitely you know? happens. Yeah. I just, why sit in it? That is true. Like your set point is just not to choose to be stressful. Yeah. So I'm going to be curious to know if some of the the tips that I've come up with, because these are things that I've learned, things that I've practiced, if, if, if it's something you've practiced or something that just is more natural for you. Because the truth is, you know, I get to see dozens, if not over a hundred people in one day through my practice. We have multiple doctors, we have people come through and we have this very controlled environment where I get a very focused one-on-one time for a short period of time with a lot of different people. So what happens is, you know, as soon as you walk up to the next person, it could be something completely different than the last person. And I don't even mean like what type of discomfort they have or anything, because we're a wellness practice. But what I find interesting is that at this point in history, there's a larger percentage of people experiencing symptoms of stress. So when I talk to people about why they're feeling stress, these are some of the things that I hear. I feel like I have no control over my life or what's going on in the world. I feel like I'm working too hard. Or sometimes the opposite, I feel like I have just too much time on my hands and all I do is think, think, think. I hear people saying how the media has been overwhelming, whether it's Facebook or the news or Instagram, whatever they listen to. I'd say Instagram, but people don't get stressed out about Instagram, right? That's like, why I like to hang out there. Yeah. It's not there the same much, drama. There's no political stuff on yeah. there. Not much anyway. Yeah. Facebook's but Facebook's like basically the news. You know, it is, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people will say they have trouble sleeping. And when I ask them why, usually because their mind is racing, they can't calm their mind. Yeah. They're struggling to just to feel good mentally or emotionally. And then oftentimes physically. Um, people will mention, I've just been overeating. Or I've been indulging too much on alcohol or sugar, sweets. And when I ask them why, they'll say, because it keeps my mind calm, right? Um, or people are find that I've, I've purposely or n- not purposely felt like I've been withdrawing from people and social, social events. And I find myself becoming more argumentative with the people that I am still around. And then I have other people who just say, I just can't find inner peace. Like I just can't get peaceful. 
So these are the things I hear on a daily basis from people who are mindfully trying to not feel stress. They're, they're recognizing it and trying to not. I'm stressed out just listening to that. I know, <laughs> I know. So there's this branch of science we've talked about. It. It's called psychoimmunoneurology. And it studies how stress in your mind has a direct impact on your body. So that's why I care. I mean, I'm there to take care of people's spine and nervous systems. And if I can feel stress in their body, I ask them, what's happening in your head? Like, yeah. what's going on? And sometimes it's purely physical stress. I've just been you know, chopping and stacking wood all weekend, or they're just anxious and they're stressed out. So what happens is when you're under pressure, so that means you're feeling stress, you're feeling anxiety, or sometimes you're just feeling like overwhelm, our autonomic nervous system is designed to generate a survival response. And that's either to fight, flight, or freeze. So what this looks like is maybe you're becoming more argumentative, you're withdrawing socially, maybe you stay in bed all day, maybe you overeat. And those are all ways that our bodies are expressing fighting, fleeing, or freezing in order to survive that pain or to survive the hardship. So it's kind of like, you know, you've heard the whole thing. It's like, you know, you feel like you're being chased by a tiger, even though you're not, and your body doesn't know the difference. Right. So your heart rate increases, your breathing is faster. Your digestion either can really slow down, so you're constipated, or it can really speed up. You can't sleep. And there's no physical tiger, but you just feel like there is. There's just something always there. So people can get stuck in this pattern, you know, for days or sometimes years, and the body takes a toll. So you're tired. You can develop heart disease. You can exhaust your adrenal glands, chronic digestive issues. So learning how to manage when your body goes into that state, where your mind is causing your body to go into that state, it's huge because you can control it. So here's the thing. You have more control than you think. It's very simple to say, I just have no control over feeling this way, but you do. Mm -hmm. 100% you have control. And sometimes it's as simple as just breathing, right? Yeah. So let's start with some tips. So some solutions. And the goal with these solutions is that you can get your physiology quickly back to a place of feeling calm. Because when you're calm, you can let yourself be happy and feel like yourself. So here we go. Tip number, number one. one, tip number one. And this sounds so basic. And we know this, but I'm going to show you how to do it. So it, it helps you to actually breathe better. Like you can say to someone, just, you know, breathe. And has everyone ever said that to you? Just breathe. And you're almost like mad at them. You're like, it's not that simple. Don't it's tell me to the breathe. the most annoying thing someone could say to someone that <laughs> needs to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it yeah. is. I, I it's like, it's like telling someone to calm down. Yeah. It doesn't work. Right. Right. But if, if you know that breathing helps and a loved one reminds you, hey, let's breathe together. This is really stressful. It, it can help. So yeah, so don't just tell someone breathe, although sometimes it can work. But so what happens is stress pushes like the energy up to the head and the heart. So it, it takes it kind of out of the lower body and you feel this like vibration more in your head, if that makes sense. It's almost like you have upper body rhythms and they go faster and, and they vibrate. So what it feels like is that you just need to start moving faster and you're breathing faster and you're not as connected to your environment. So maybe you're kind of bumping into things and you literally feel like you're buzzing. Honestly, you 
may allow yourself to get to this heightened state of focus and energy. So sometimes people do it on purpose because when they get to that, like I'm stressed out, I didn't give me myself enough time. And now you're at the deadline and I'm, you get frantic. You get frantic. It actually forces a focus and an an energy because it pushes you to get things done. Um, Mike has observed me in this state. And do you remember what you call me when I'm in this state? Um, Scary. <laughs> Don't you call me like a swirling dervish? Oh, yeah, a whirling dervish. A whirling dervish. A whirling dervish. Yes, <laughs> when that's I was, what you are. When I was creating this podcast, I started thinking about because one day I just buzzed into the yeah. to the studio yeah. and I'm like, okay, give me a second. And yeah. he's like, Mike's, this is Mike. Every single time I walk in the studio, I'm like, hey, how you doing? So I'm like, where's my water? And Mike is like, so how you doing? Yeah, like he, he he wants me to like slow down and just, hey, tell me yeah. how your kids are doing. And I've, I've seen you... Yeah. frantic before yes so i've learned and i actually told priscilla this on the way i said mike's going to be great because we're just going to chill out for a minute when i was giving her the timeline mm-hmm. mike's just going to let us chill out and we're going to talk a little bit and it's going to get me to slow down my voice is deeper yeah. and it's good for me so i may have focus and energy but i'm wasting a lot of unnecessary tension right yeah. it's just kind of like buzzing around me like a bee so you almost can get frantic Mm-hmm. And mindlessly being busy, if, the, if you ever get really upset or anxious and you find yourself just tidying up and moving, 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 and you can't calm down, it's because you're, you're buzzing and you're busy and your brain doesn't stop and it's awful. And then what happens is you finally go to bed and you've exhausted yourself and your body is done, Crash. but your brain is going, going, racing. going, 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 yeah. it's racing, it's on overdrive and you're disconnected from your body now. And you can't follow an instinct. You can't follow, really nothing makes sense anymore. So you're just unable to to do anything. So, And that's when people reach for the martini though, don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, that's very true. Wine. Yeah. That's very true. Which doesn't help at all. Because it forces them to slow down. Right. So what if, regardless if you chose to have that glass of wine, mm-hmm. your actual tool for helping your body was to stop acknowledge that you're kind of buzzing and you don't want to spin out of control and you need to control physiologically what your body's doing. So breathing in deep breaths, holding it for a minute, then taking twice as long to breathe out. So in your nose, let's do it guys. In your nose, hold it and then out slowly. Does it slows your whole body down? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And make sure you're not reverse breathing. So when you breathe in, your belly should expand. So don't worry about it. Just let your belly expand. Just grow that little little belly when you breathe in. And then when you breathe out, it'll naturally come in. Mm-hmm. But you'll feel your body start to relax. And it's it literally puts your body in a healing state because your resting heart rate decreases. Your brain and your body is more oxygenated. So it'll actually help connect your brain and your body. Do you consider that meditation? I don't, but when you meditate, you naturally will go into that yeah, breathing state because yeah. it helps. It, it literally puts the right brain waves yeah. into play in your yeah. Because I know that's you know I have this really cool app on my phone. It's called Calm. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it, I use it, you know, it. Yeah, I do too. I love it. You know, it's like a nature sound, and they always start with the the deep breathing part of it. You well, know? and that's why all meditation focuses on breath right, because right. you have to regulate your breath to regulate your yeah. mind. Yeah. So the, same with the, yoga right, too, So the right? core the core of that is, starts from breath. Yeah. So breath yeah. is the breathing is huge, and it's funny that you're talking about this now because. On the platform I use for my workouts, we actually just added a whole meditation section from the company Unplug. Have you have you no. heard of them? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, the intro um, with the the founder of the company, she was just talking about this in when she introduced herself to us um, with breathing, and she had us do a breathing exercise live, just like you did. Um, but she had us count, like count in, hold it, breathe out, count, and she's like were you thinking about whatever you were stressing about while you were doing that? And everyone was like, no. And it's because your, your mind can't like think about yeah. two things at the exact it's same working. time. Mm-hmm. So, so thinking yeah. of the breath and you yeah. know, there are countless tools out there. You could go into your phone and look up an app for breathing. Yeah. There's books, there's, there's so many ways to do it. Um, but think about it is just the breathing. It's free. You're doing it anyway, so if you're focused on it, you're, it's just something you're going to do anyway, so might as well help your body regulate it in a healthy way, and you can do it anywhere, and people won't even necessarily know that you're doing it, right? So it's something you can literally use anytime you're starting to feel stress, um, so that's a no-brainer. So I think starting with, with that is important, but you know, we, we slow down with our breathing, but if we want to get more in touch with what we're thinking and feeling... Sometimes instead of thinking our way out of stress, we want to take in a faster route and discover how to feel our way out of stress, right? Because we think, I just need to think different. I just need to, it's all in our head. We want to think. And it's actually how we feel that will more quickly help our body do what we want it to do. So think about this. Emotional mental stress, it wreaks havoc when our thoughts start to hijack us. And you know what it's like. You've ever had a story going on in your head that magnify itself over time as you kept thinking it? And you started to tell yourself the story, whether it's true or not. And the more you thought the story, the more you believe the story, right? So-and-so thinks I'm blank, or I'm going to fail at blank, or whatever it is. As soon as we start telling ourselves a story, um, we make it bigger, and we make it bigger, and then we think about the future ramifications, and it's so scary, and then we get frozen in this cycle of fear and stress because of the story we're saying in our head. And the thing is, even if the story came to be true, we didn't know that. Why not come up with a story in your head that's the better option? Right. Right. I, I always have this. Everybody sta- likes me. <laughs> I, I, I Decide on the conclusion that best serves you is something yeah. I've yeah. always Absolutely. said. Like if, if things could go either way, well, why didn't I just keep thinking the story that I want it to be that's versus the yeah. story that's scary to yeah. me? Right. Stop feeding yourself lies if it's not even true yet, especially like. Because it all becomes viewpoint. Have you ever had those moments where you're thinking about something a certain way and getting all worked up and then somebody somewhere, a conversation or a situation, all of a sudden helps you see a different point of view and all of a sudden instantaneously your stress melts away because you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. You're right. Maybe actually that wouldn't be so bad to happen because then this could happen and immediately the problem's gone. Exactly. And it only happened in your head. Yeah. Right? So this roller coaster that you put yourself through was just in your mind and you put yourself through torture um, through your own doing. And I think this happens when we allow ourselves too much time to think as soon as it spirals to a place that's not positive, it's not good. We have to somehow get ourselves to stop thinking because thinking is not the best thing. Sometimes we just want to ask ourselves, how do I want to feel right now? Okay. So think about this. Even if the problem or the cause of the stressor didn't change, the neighbor has a dog that won't start barking. And all you can think about is that dog won't stop barking. This, it still didn't happen. It, didn't, it still didn't stop barking. And all you do is you're stressed and you're stressed and you're stressed and you're stressed and you're stressed because you can't change it in that moment. 
if you figured out how you want to feel, okay, I'm feeling stressed from the dog barking. What I want to feel is calm right now. Then ask yourself, what do I need to do to feel calm? Just what can I do to switch my mind to focus on something else, right? So maybe you also go to the worst possible outcome in your head. And then you realize you can handle it. Okay, so what if it's it's one o'clock in the morning, I'm not willing to go outside, I'm not willing to call the police. What if this dog barked all night long? What would I have to do right now that's in my control? So I don't know, maybe you just find, say, fine, I'm going to go sleep on the house, the put bed, the bed on the other side of the house, right? right. Or I'm just going to put some earplugs yeah. in and now I have control and whatever, I'm going to let go of it. And all of a sudden, because you made a decision, it feels better, Yeah. right? Don't so, we all stress over things we can't change though? Really? Instead That's of deciding kind of how can I look at it right, differently? Right. This is not rocket science. This is not, it's not like yeah. I've nothing, nothing's ever been talked about before in this mm-hmm. regard, yeah. but it's something that it's so basic and obvious that if we can wrap our head around it, even if we can't find a way to do it all the time, but we know that's our goal. My yeah. goal is I want to feel better about it. So the moment you become willing for a fear to come true, the dog's going to bark all night. It loses its power. Because it's not about the dog barking. It was about the dog won't stop barking. Does and that controlling the controllable. Exactly. Like if you can't control it, why continue to stress about it? Right, exactly. And that's what it's I always tell myself. Yeah. yeah. Like, can I control this? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm not. Yeah. It is what it is. So trying. what can I do to feel good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, and, you know, maybe once you just accept something, you realize it wasn't quite as bad as you thought. Right? Usually. Or maybe. Especially a confrontation. If you're like, no, you need to have a conversation with somebody, you build it up in your head like, well, what if they react this way and it's going to be awful? And then you go and actually have the conversation and it wasn't that bad. Or or maybe it still was a horrific situation, but because you changed your perspective and there was a hidden blessing or a hidden gift, you know, maybe that you just said, you know what? It probably will be horrible. It's probably going to be a really tough day, but I'm going to do it anyway because I know it has to be done. I'm going to feel better when it when it's done. True. So you have the conversation and you're like, wow, that was awful. That was really hard. But then you realize that weights off your shoulders mm-hmm. and you feel so much better. Or maybe your relationship with that person can get right again or what, you know, I'm just, it's, yeah. you just don't know. Totally. But if you choose to look at it as, yes, this is hard, but what can I, what can I do about it? How can I feel better? So just being open to the possibility that you can experience a shift you could feel differently, that increases your chance that will happen, right? People say, no, I, I can't, I can't feel good about that, or I can't forgive them, or I can't, I can't let myself just feel relaxed about the state of this or the state of that. But seeking to say, I don't know, I don't know yet how to feel good, but I want to feel better. As soon as you decide you want to feel better, even if you can't change the situation, you subconsciously will start looking for ways to feel better. Right. And this goes back to some science. So you've heard me talk about the Institute of Heart Math. It's an amazing um, body of evidence. You can find it easily online. It's scientific evidence that it's impossible, that it, it is indeed possible to create love. So what they research is that emotions work much faster and more powerful than thoughts. So when we feel something, we change the vibration around us and we change the cells of the people around us. So thinking clearly with your brain obviously is useful, but feeling positively from your heart provides this amazing boost of health and creativity. And basically what the research shows was that we all have this energy field around us. Yeah. It's like six feet to 20 feet. That's why you can walk in a room and feel if something doesn't feel right. 
So you can push out that energy. Yeah, I think more people, and, some people are more sensitive to that than others. They like are. Like you can feel the vibe in a room or the vibe of a person, you know? So if you think about it, if you decide you want to feel good, so maybe that causes you to start thinking a little more about what you're grateful for or what how something isn't as bad, you change the electrical signals that you're emitting, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody do a whole episode on gratitude. That's yes. a whole topic. Yeah, because if somebody walks in the room and that's the state you're in, mm-hmm. they're going to probably feel differently about you and maybe speak differently to you. So all of a sudden you're attracting people that are being gentle and loving versus people who are just fighting you and being argumentative because they're feeling this negativity coming from you. Yeah. So we attract what we are. And heart math is, is one example of, of the science behind that. So here's the tip. In times of stress, ask yourself, what do I want to be feeling? So it seems kind of weird because you might say, what am I feeling right now? I'm feeling anger. I am feeling overwhelmed with my life. And we can easily, if we ask ourselves, we can identify it. But then if you said, what, what is it that I really want to be feeling right now? Okay, right now. You know what? I just want to feel peace. I'm just tired and I've had so much today. I just want to feel kind of easy. You know, maybe like light, like I want people to around me to like, we want to, I want to laugh. I just want to make it feel like it's easy for a minute. So identify what you want, but notice that you're not necessarily solving the problem or changing the stressor. You're just deciding how you prefer to feel. So you can be angry and still find gratitude. You can be scared and still experience laughter. You can feel overwhelmed and then still find a feeling of joy. So asking yourself, what could I do that's healthy right now to help me feel that? So it's so it's amazing. My partner, Corey, he just has this amazing ability to like see me stressed out and then totally make me laugh. Like he can make me laugh so easily. He has that vibe about him though. He's, he's very calming. I think he is, you know, he's very grounded and calming. So he immediately will help me laugh. And then if I'm open to it, cause you ever like mad at something or you're frustrated or, and some, something's funny, but you don't want to laugh because Mm. that might negate that. I'm not accepting this joy. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) But really who are you hurting? Because you want to be joyful. So maybe just letting yourself, it doesn't mean the problem went away, but right. So that's the, but here's the thing. And you guys already mentioned this is subconsciously we want exactly that, but we don't know how to do it outside of an unhealthy choice. So our tool becomes alcohol, sugar. Trip to the dispensary. Yep. Because what happens is you're like, I can't deal with this. I'm overwhelmed. I want to feel good and calm and peaceful. Well, it's pretty simple. You just make a martini and boom, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But if you notice people drink too much and then it all comes back out because they it's didn't a, really deal with it. They makes just, it worse. They artificially suppressed it. Yeah. So when Now you, I'm angry and I have a hangover. Exactly. So, <laughs> so it's no, this all makes sense when we think about when, when the world's at higher times of stress there's hi, and higher anxiety, there's also higher alcoholism. Oh, sure. There's more overeating. Yeah. There's more prescription and non-prescription abuse. drug use. And With abuse. everyone sharing their lives on social media, doesn't help. I can I can just tell you over the past few months, I have watched so many people become alcoholics because you they're sharing how how often with every drink. Cheers, you know, a quick yeah. little happy moment. But I'm noticing the frequency of There's it more. Yeah. So instead of avoiding the reality of your internal state and just numbing it with choices that aren't healthy, facing the thoughts. So, but here's the thing. If you see them as not a part of you, 
and choose to feel good through healthy things. So for example, you could say I'm feeling stress and I know my world is, is helping to create it, but I want to feel good. So I'm going to release endorphins through exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, exercise is probably an example of the quickest way chemically to change what's happening inside of your body. I think exercise is the most natural and best antidepressant you could give yourself. Absolutely. Watching a funny movie. Yeah. You know, I kind of have this rule that after 8 p.m., I, I am rare to watch anything that doesn't make me laugh. Like lately, we were, we're got on a Stranger Things kick. Oh, that's a fun show. But it's fun. Like at yeah. first I was it's like, light. this is kind of anxious, but it wasn't like no. like the cute boy, like the little yeah. curly haired guy. Oh, yeah. he's hilarious. So yeah, watching funny, something that feels not like your your life. So not heavy or not something you don't want to um, deal with. So something that plays more into a light side. Um Maybe just letting yourself be silly, letting the mood be lighter. You know, I could go on dancing, you know, take play, a bath. like Play you some know. music. Yeah, exactly. Play an instrument. Play an instrument. Yeah. But ask yourself, you know, what have I done in the past that is healthy and makes me feel good? And if you can get some clarity on that, like, oh, yeah, I always feel good when I yeah. do glass blowing, which is true for me. I always feel good what? when I come back from a yoga class. Oh, yeah, I make marbles. I didn't know that. Yeah, because you got the fire. Is, is that new? And you got the... Uh, last three years, maybe oh. you got the fire and you got the glass and you got yeah. the goggles and you got the earphones and yeah. you got the music on. And... I have a friend that does pottery. That's like yeah. his thing. You know, it's he like an artistic and... way you can yeah. let the world slide yeah. off for a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I think first of all, we have to really discern um, this whole you know process of why we feel stress in our behavior patterns. So sometimes it really does make sense that to, to get this step down, some people really do better for periods of their t- life to work with a licensed professional. Mm-hmm. So there's people out there who will train you on how to help um, do what we just talked about. So keep in mind that, you know, a licensed psychologist, someone with um, who knows emotional freedom technique or tapping technique, um, any type of behavioral specialist um, is something to really consider because they're like, they're trained to help you do exactly this. And it's, it can be amazing. So we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk about how rhythm can impact your ability to feel good. Because honestly, if it's good enough for a five-year-old, I think we should be doing it too. We can have a drum circle. Oh, that'd be fun. (laughs) What does that have to do with anything, Mike? You said rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Your host is Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. If you're in the Southern New Hampshire area, you can schedule a health consultation and examination with Dr. Jenny. To schedule, call 673-5600. That's 673-5600. For more information about Spinal Corrective Center, go to www.spinalcorrectivecenter.com or call 673-5600. To find a chiropractor in your area, go to www.chiropractic.org slash doctorfinder. Now back to raw talk about full potential living for the health of it. Go Mike, go Mike. I love it. I need my own drum. I'd do like some beatboxing if I knew how. Yeah, do it. What is it that you're playing right now? It's called a bongo cajon. It's bongo kind of fun cajon. Sound. So cool. 
it's like a square wooden box. Yeah, it looks like storage, has, but you could two, turn it into a drum. Two little, yeah, I, I bring it to the beach because we jam at the beach, and I, I'll put wine coolers in there or something. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yes, when I said rhythm, Mike said drums because that's where his brain go and you know and it's so true so rhythm you start moving to it and we have that same rhythm in our bodies with our blood flow right so you've ever heard a heartbeat and we always hear people talk about putting rhythm into your child's day so a child that's struggling oftentimes if you make sure they get to bed the same time every night and wake up the same time every morning and eat their breakfast and you and they they start to know what to expect they change they're more calm and they know what to do. So I've always been a big proponent that we need it just as much as they do. Just because we get older doesn't mean What's we don't need rhythm. Journey? Is it circadian? The circadian rhythm. 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 That's yeah. our sleep cycle. Oh, that's a sleep cycle. Yeah, we've done yeah. whole shows on that. Nice, yeah, nice, I, it was coming back. Nice to me. memory. Nice yeah. memory. So meaning hides in repetition, just like we have repetition and rhythm with your what did you call it? Bongo cajon. Yes, bongo cajon. um, It starts to develop a song, right? So that there's meaning in it. And so when we can follow it and we know what to expect, and all of a sudden we're playing along because we know what to expect for the next beat, we start to feel calm. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in our bodies. So the more we have rhythm, the more we feel calm and secure and we feel grounded, meaning we just feel a little more solid about where we are in life. So, for example... I have teenagers at home and good for you. <laughs> good for <laughs> Good luck for me. <laughs> no, they're great kids. But if a family if the family members have a clear sense of what's expected from them at home, whether it's, you know, household duties, chores, and then there's less need to talk and negotiate. So same thing. If you do meal planning on Sunday, and you already know, and everybody already knows, and everybody knows who's going to go to the store and who's going to prepare what meal, then you don't have to talk about it. Can you imagine how there's less stress in your day? Sure. Because it's already kind of figured out, and, and you know, you always have Taco Tuesday, and you always, this person always does the dishes, and this person always goes and gets the, the food on the night you eat. You know what I mean? You yeah. have this rhythm. And because you're not improvising all the time, and there's no surprises, there's less stress in your life. So it's the same idea because when every day is just completely unpredictable and you're putting out more fires all the time and you're in conflict, it just brings more more stress. Yeah. Yeah. So we're always on the run and we're always reacting to our changing circumstances. You know, you or your child, you know, will default mentally to a form of what we call amygdala hijack. Whoa. Don't ask me to spell that. Amygdala hijack, which just means you're going to operate from a part of the brain that's quick to react, but less able to consider things flexibly hmm. or thoroughly. So we're more, you ever been around people who are just always very reactive and always, yes. very, they do better when they're in rhythm they, because they know what to expect. So we, when we can count on some form of rhythm in our life, it just helps us feel better. So what does it look like? Simplest way to get rhythm is to try to go to bed the same time every night and wake up at the same time every day. Because as soon as our circadian rhythm is in tr- on track, like Mike said, everything starts to feel better. So here's some other ideas. And again, you might have your child do this, but think about if you did this, having your clothes picked out the night before. I do that. Yes. Well, I have an evening routine and a morning routine. So See, there we go. Rhythm. Part She's got of rhythm. my rhythm. evening routine. <laughs> Because it lets you wake up and you already know what's going to happen. I'm too tired to think about it. I don't want to stress about it. Like standing there, staring. What am I wearing? Well, that's probably why you said you became a morning person because you took the stress out of mornings, right? 
Mornings became my alone time mm-hmm. as a mom. That became the only time where it was silent and just me. So the rhythm of your alone time in the morning is something you can count on and it brings less stress. Yes. 100%. Perfect, perfect example. You know, what if you went for a walk every morning, which is another reason to get a dog, right? If you did every time you drove to work, you did deep breathing while you listened to classical music. Anybody could do that. Mm-hmm. Super, super relaxing and grounding. Maybe every Sunday evening you called a certain loved one. So they counted on it, and that was what you did. Um, Taco Tuesday, like I said, we do sushi Wednesday. We do family night on every Wednesday. We do sushi night, so we order sushi. We're definitely on board with Taco Tuesday. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Maybe, and it could even be daily. What if your family counted that the first week in August every single year was family vacation week? You just always took off work, and you always did something. When we have something to look forward to, we stay grounded, we stay centered. Um, on your knees beside your bedside every night to say prayers. That's a rhythm. Saying I love you before you hang up the phone. That's a rhythm. My daughter has been trained now that the first time she sees me in the day, which now that she's a teenager, might not be till after school. She, as soon as she sees me, she hugs me. Doesn't matter if you're sitting down, you just have to walk up and you have to hug me. Yeah. And I, I had to do that first a lot. And say I was doing it, and that's what I was doing. And now she'll just walk right up to me and hug me because it's a rhythm. And you know what? We both like it. Yeah, of course. It feels really good. So here's the thing. We're going to put more value on the first tip now. So what drives rhythm in the body? Your breathing. Yes. Your lungs, through your breathing rate. So you breathe slow, your heart rate slows down, your nervous system relaxes, your metabolic rate stabilizes, and it's the opposite if you breathe fast. So create a rhythm in your body by controlling your breathing. So to finish that tip, Mike, what's the number one thing you do to stay in rhythm? Um, ooh, jeez, I don't know. I have a hard time staying in rhythm. You do? Not playing in drums. Yeah, because my schedule's so funky. Yeah. You know I, I imagine Elizabeth has some rituals, like in the morning you do yeah, certain we have, things. Yeah, like we have coffee together and, you know, in bed and, you know. Well, there you like, go. So yeah, that's the rhythm. We, right. That's how the day starts, you know. Well, that's it right there. You Because no you one can, has to rush off to work. We both have our own So you can count so, on when right. you wake up, you'll have. There you go. That, I never even thought of that. And but, that's important. Yeah, what if you woke sure. up and she was just gone? Like she's off for a walk, but she there was no coffee in bed that it day. It wouldn't shock me. <laughs> but have you ever I mean, noticed? Like it would you, make. It do would you make... know me? <laughs> <laughs> but I also know Elizabeth, and I know she probably yeah. that ritual is probably important to yeah, her. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But you know, it, you can count on it, and so you feel good about right, it. See what right. I'm saying? Like yeah. it's, it's sometimes the rituals are so much a part of our life that we don't even you, you don't know notice it. So we I think see, about I didn't, it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Interesting. Okay, so do you remember? Um, when last episode we were talking about your love of water, Priscilla. Yes. So do you want to know my favorite thing to do? What? Paddleboard. You need to teach me. Yeah, I, I want a paddleboard so bad. I have three paddleboards, so I will. I will teach you. So there's this thing if you're in, on, or near the water, um, it's calming. There's a documentary called Blue Mind that I highly suggest that it talks about the science behind, you know, the calming properties of water and what it physically does to our body. And that brings me to my next tip was sometimes we can really help our stress by changing our environment. So it can be as simple as getting up and going to the very next room. So walking through a threshold into a different room. It could be going outside driving to a different part of town or just going out to the woods or some type of change of scenery that changes your brain. It's huge. 
So you're like, how can I feel better right now? And and sometimes we're like, I just need to do something different because that's that's what we need yeah. to do is something different. Different environment. So if something doesn't feel good, if you're not, if you're having a hard time feeling the way you want to feel, slow down, stop and say, how can I change my environment right now in a healthy way? So it's not about walking out on somebody, but it could be as simple as, um, can we get out of bed right now? Because you're thinking, I don't like the way this conversation is going as an example. And can we just walk into the kitchen and talk? Sometimes yeah. just physically moving into a different room. That's why I said too, sometimes if you can't sleep in the middle of the night, it's just best to just get up and totally change your environment for a minute. Like really? get up, get up, read a book on the couch until you start to feel tired, then go back. Yeah, I'm I know it's not the healthiest habit, but when I do find myself staying up at night, I will pick back up my phone. But I'll yeah. instead of like scrolling or something, I'll go to something that is funny or, you know, will completely take my mind off of what I'm thinking about until my eyes are so tired I can't keep them open anymore. And then... So here's a good here's a good example. That's perfect that you brought that up because it's not necessarily about changing the physical room. It's changing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling that way, but you're only on, say, social media sites, well, maybe just stop and go into your your Scrabble app. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or just stop and put on a podcast. So just do something different. If, you, if you're if you in a funk and you're feeling a certain way, what can I do different right now that would help me? So we, we um, in, our, in our home, we're fortunate enough to have a pool and it's like a joke. Like if somebody's off, we're like, go jump in the pool. Because it's crazy how you jump in that pool and right now it's cold, but you jump in the pool and like yeah. you can't still feel whatever you are feeling. Like it just right. changes it yeah, immediately. That's, that's true. So yeah. sometimes taking a shower, Right, going for a drive, like yep. it just—it totally so can change things. Next if, time I feel the need for that, I'm going to come up and jump in your pool, Jenny. You absolutely can yeah. do that. What happens if it's view. three in the morning? Oh. <laughs> I'll be like, "Shit, okay. Corey, be it's like, Mike. why is it's Mike, Mike out in the pool?" <laughs> it's Mike. Another thing with Naked. environment, if you're, <laughs> gosh, good thing we can't see it from the bedroom. There's bear. Oh, you might be able we, to. We're pretty sure there's bear too, Mike. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Don't worry, the pool's fenced. Oh, good. So. <laughs> So sometimes if you're just been by yourself all day, go somewhere where you're around people. If you're around people all the time, maybe go somewhere by yourself. So, you know, there's different ways. If you're on the TV, get off the TV, um, read a book, you know, just do something different. Change the scene. Another way to change your environment is to clear the clutter. So I, I read once to know the state of my mind, look at the state of my kitchen. So true. So sometimes just cleaning something and it could be as simple as making a pile where there's a mess or making literally you can redecorate do a small redecoration just rearrange something you know don't rearrange the whole house and furniture yeah, move just, some plants no yeah that, move some that, plants that concept i totally agree with it i that's part of my evening routine actually is everything gets put away my kids know they have to put their toys away before they yes. go to bed and everything gets put back in its place because that way in the morning I can come down and everything is as it should be. Otherwise I want to do those things before, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't want to start my day like that. And the way to know if you're like, well, what should I change right now? Or what should I clean? Walk around and say, what's something you see that doesn't make you feel good. Mm. And it could be as something as that mantle just doesn't make me feel good. I'm not, I'm not inspired by it or that, that clutter on the kitchen counter 
is driving me nuts. Cleaning it up or rearranging something, it can be shocking how you feel better when you're done. This is not bringing me joy. (laughs) Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like not mad at whoever. You're actually feeling happy because you just accomplished something and you, you made something just change. So sometimes it's not about reacting to circumstances, you know, sometimes it's not about just being on the run. You know, sometimes it's just about saying, okay, what do I need to change? What do I need to do differently? What I love about this idea of cleaning out some clutter is that it actually creates new neural pathways in the brain. Because, you know, I'm all about neural pathways. It relaxes the central nervous system and it produces feelings of calm and well-being. So I think that's why I personally, as soon as I'm feeling overwhelmed, I start tidying up just what I do. And I've learned that I, if I let myself do that for a while and not get to the place of the whirling dervish, but get to a place of accomplishing something, um, usually then, especially if I put music on because then I'm not thinking as much, right. I start to feel better and then I just transition into something else. So interesting. There's a, there's a last tip. You guys ready for the last tip? Yeah. I, yeah. Let's hear it. Um, it honestly could probably have its own show, but we're going to, you know, we're going to keep it compact, but it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, and the thing was this last tip, the, the clutter one, it was super concrete. This one takes a little bit more of just mm, lack of better words, opening your heart. Okay. So I'm going to read you a long quote, but it's something that I, it really touched me and I think it's worth repeating. So, so Anne Harriet Buck of something called the golden door. She said, people are being called upon to adapt in ways that they do have not had to in decades. Things are hard. It is okay to be upset and is necessary to grieve. We have to honor anxiety. The phrase, you are feeling sorry for yourself, is not in my vocabulary. I believe the finest works of art are born out of the deepest suffering. We can teach ourselves skills that will make us happier in life. Seek a beautiful moment. Savor it. No matter how bad you believe your past was, you did somehow learn to skip. There was a day when you discovered your shadow and how to ride a bike. We have a choice about what we remember, past and present. See yourself as an adorable four-year-old. Treat yourself with that same forgiveness and tender care you would give her. Honor your four-year-old. So we have a saying in my office that everyone's just a little bunny doing the best they can. So if a team member is struggling with something personal or even at work or a patient comes in who's emotional or having a hard time, um, we just try as a team, we have this commitment that everyone is valid to have their feelings. Even people who are being difficult and irrational, we're all valid to have our feelings and we're all just little bunnies trying to do our best. So you'll never hear one of my team members behind the scenes say, oh my God, could you believe that patient? They were so this, that, that. No, they will literally never do that. What we say is, oh, poor little bunny. (laughs) Like they just need love. Right? Because we're a healthcare field and we want everyone to feel like they're in a safe space that they can just be loved regardless. Like it doesn't matter how much you're hurting and how that you have to express that. We just want to love people. So you know what? It feels more authentic too, because being a patient of yours, you can, you can feel like if you're in a space and you, you just know that they are going to talk about you when you leave, you can feel that kind of energy. So I love that. And And that's such a cute way to word it. In fact, one year I gave the team, the female members of the team, little, um, necklaces that had a little bunny um, charm on it. And we have an agreement that if someone's wearing their bunny necklace, it, they don't have to say why, but they need extra love that day. 
<laughs> so in this quote, I believe she is encouraging us to have compassion for ourselves. And when you're wearing the bunny necklace, you're trying to give yourself compassion, you know, and when we think of our patients that way, we're just giving them compassion because we all, what we want from others, when we show a difficult side of ourselves, what we really want from others is for them to stay soft at us and still come from a place of love when they communicate with us. And you know what the truth is, is oftentimes when you're showing your worst self, it just triggers the other person to start to show their worst yeah. self and then nobody's Next getting... you know, yeah. they're making rabbits too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. No one's getting any love. That's right. <laughs> you know, so it's okay to feel how we are feeling and it's okay to work toward being who we want to be. If we were to soften, if we could let go of that kind of edge we can have, which is oftentimes just our stress, what would we lose? You know, really... You know, think about it. If you let yourself just not be kind of edgy or overwhelmed, what would you lose? So, for example, you're not I... You're going to lose anything. You're going to probably gain some friends. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, you're going to yeah. gain. You're not going to lose. Yeah. I'm a driven person. And I've gone through times in my life that I can f- let myself feel overwhelmed with all of the things I've created on, to do. And when I'm in a place of overwhelm, I can get a little heart, a little like that edge to myself. And I've learned that people don't know how to respond to that. And they're likely, they're going to respond fearfully or they're going to respond with anger or they're going to run away from me. So I've learned that I can get a lot done, but I can still be soft, right? And, you know, what would I lose if I allowed myself to be soft? So can we allow ourselves to be happier? Like we sometimes we've become this person that people see us as blank, but what would happen if you just let yourself be happy, I'm a firm believer that happiness is actually a choice. You don't, yeah. it, I don't really think it's totally a feeling. I think it's totally an action and you can decide to choose happiness and go after it instead of sitting in all the chaos and the other negative feelings. And per- perhaps it's not something you gain, but you get there by letting go of something. If I let go of my attachment that this has to be perfect, if I can let go of my disappointment and just say, well, it is what it is. If I can let go that this, most people see this stress, this situation is stressful, but what if I let go and like, I'm for some reason, I'm just, whatever, it's not stressful. Isn't that interesting? I have this analogy that life is, you know, those, those stress balls you can put in your hand, like that, that kind of like, I don't know if there's sand in it or what it is. So imagine you're holding a ball like that. And that's your world. That's your, that's all your stresses. That's all the things that are hard. Or maybe in, in this analogy, it's just the one thing that you're holding on to because it's so stressful. So you could hold that ball in your hand and squeeze it as hard as possible. So imagine you're doing that. Actually, right now, just make a fist. Make a fist and squeeze it as hard as you possibly can. You do it long enough, you're going to feel tension in your hand. It's going to go up your forearm and mm-hmm. your elbow. Can you feel it in your shoulder? Now, can you feel it in your neck? And eventually, you're going to even feel it in your head. Now, what if I said, you don't have to let go of the ball. The ball is yours. You own it. It's it's valid that that ball is yours. But maybe you will still be able to hold on to the ball, but relax your grip. Yeah, loosen the grip. Like, just loosen the grip. You're still holding the ball. It's still yours. But you are the one holding it so tight to create the stress and just loosen the grip and it's still there, but you're choosing to not make it stressful. So I use that analogy in my head a lot, like loosen the hold, loosen the hold, Yeah. right? And then remember that like us, people have a whole story of their own, fears, guilt, confusion, overwhelm. It's not always about 
you, right? Their behavior, their mood, their decisions, it's where they are. So oftentimes we're quick to assume that someone's thoughts or words or action, whatever they're presenting to us is a reflection of who we are. Mm-hmm. It never is. People aren't really thinking about us. We're all thinking about ourselves sure. for the most part, right? Like yeah. we're, People don't realize how selfish the world is. Yeah. We all are. Right. Yeah, we all are. It's so true. My so, favorite, like waitresses, waiters and waitresses at restaurants. This is like the first thing I think of when you started talking about that is because people will say, will, you know, determine how much they tip based on the service that they received or, you know, the attitude. And I'm just like, but you have no idea what they are going through. Yeah. You know, so why, why punish them if they're having a bad day? Maybe you can make their day better. Well, my, my whole strategy with waiters and waitresses is if I just really see them as a person and appreciate them from the beginning, I learn their name. I, I say thank you, and I I'm I'm forgiving in anything. They will really work hard to do their best yeah. for me. That's a tough job too. Mm-hmm. And then if it I is. can tell, even if it wasn't perfect, they cared to try to give me a good experience. Sure. Well, then of course, like I feel great to tip them, right? Like yeah. just give them the opportunity versus like prove to me you're perfect, but I don't want to really have to look at you or talk to you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're not a robot. Like they're True. people. They're human they're too. Human. I mean, I was a waitress. I think, I think everybody should be a waiter. I 100% agree. I think Absolutely. everybody should experience it. I always it. wanted to be a waiter. I, I think would, I'd be a good waiter. You probably would be, You'd a, be a great good bartender. Waiter. I'd be a great bartender. <laughs> I drink all the profits though. <laughs> Well, hopefully not because um, it's been a difficult year for a lot of people, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, So I think really remember that everyone is really doing their best with what they know and what they have. Mm -hmm. You know, I think goodwill is the vast majority of people. So we all have our challenges and ultimately what we all want to feel is seen and valued and love and we want to feel connected to each other. So when we're struggling to feel connected to people, we have to give each other grace. We have to give each other more of an opportunity to show who they are and not make assumptions and not be quick to condemn or or judge people. So my tip is to practice compassion with yourself first. So let go of who you think you should be and just be who you are whether it's what you look like or where you are at this point in your life or what habits you no longer have or have or bad decisions, good decisions, whatever it is, you, it's, you just are where you are. And if you can just love that about yourself and be grateful for everything you've experienced because it's made you who you are now, that's the first step. So instead, if you're fearful, if you're anxious or sad or angry, what would it feel like just to love yourself? Right? Yeah. And there's whole books about this. You do really have to start there. You you have have to. to. Can't expect other people to love you if you don't love yourself first. Okay. So it's a super vague thing to say, but let's talk about some like practical ways that are actually a little harder than they sound, but um, smile at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. You know, it's so simple, but you're you're probably going to look in the mirror at some time in the morning. If not, you're going to walk by one and stop and just smile. Even if you feel totally weird or fake or like that's the strangest thing ever, do it anyway. It's not strange. I do it all the time. You I can know, even give you yourself can. a compliment. See, I do it. Yes, I always go, weird. oh, no, not you again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. Something else you can do is like, this sounds silly, but a little pep talk you give yourself in your head. 
you know, or you can speak it out loud if you're in the car, but like, okay, I know you're tired, but you're capable. You got this today. You're going to walk in and you're going to smile and people are just going to love you. And you're going to feel so good about how you're communicating with people. And, you know, just tell yeah. yourself how the day's going to go pump and how capable up. you are. Totally pump yourself Affirmations. up. Affirmations. Yeah. yeah. You could, and yeah, the formal way to do that is to write affirmations about, and it doesn't even have to be, be about what you think you should have or what you have, just the, what you want. I am and, and what you want. Because, you know, our brain doesn't know the difference between thinking or doing. So if we think it, it's like, okay, yeah, you got this. Okay. And, you know, just speaking kindly about yourself to others. So I get the whole like self-deprecation thing. It's funny, but it has a limit. To an extent. Yeah, it's only funny to an extent. At some point, it becomes what you really believe about yourself if you're not careful. So you really got to flip the script on yourself. Yeah, that's, that's a comedy routine. It is. But that's, if you're using it is. often enough that it becomes who you, your identity, yeah, you could that's be, not good. you're not facing something. Yep. So just watching yourself with that. And then, you know, just giving yourself the self-care that you deserve, which could be as simple as basic hygiene. It could be taking the time to put the lip gloss on. It could be taking the time to do your hair or really pick out an outfit you feel good in by just slowing down to for self-care, whether it's something you do or something you hire people to do. And also um, knowing that you deserve it. I love that you just said that, yes. but like pause there because everyone, there's people out there that don't think they deserve to feel good and put that effort in and they do. Everybody does. I had a, a woman come into my practice that I've known for a number of years and she's um, she's in her early 80s and she takes nice care of herself, but I wouldn't say she's overly done. Well, she came in with these really, really cute nails they had like glitter and like they were pink with like this white glitter and I says I said oh my gosh your nails you're so cute she's like you know what last night I just thought I need to do something nice for myself and I just sat down on the couch and watched tv and I did my nails I thought wow like that's so simple fun didn't cost a lot of money didn't Mm -hmm. take time but she just wanted to she said I want to do something nice for myself it can be so simple like that I can. Yeah. I got I got the little foot bath out. I have one of those like foot baths. It's the thing everybody buys and they leave in their closet. I actually got yeah. it out and you put hot water and then you plug it in. It bubbles. And I just let myself have a foot bath, put some Epsom salts in there. And I just, but that was self-care. I took the time to get everything out and, and go out and do it. So self-care. So then of course the next step is when you can do that to, for yourself, it's easier to show compassion to others. Um, when you connect with others, look at them. So often we'll walk into a room or we'll have a communication. We don't even look at people. So that's the simplest thing you can do to show compassion. Give them your full attention. You know what it feels like when you're trying to share with someone and they won't get off their phone or they seem distracted. Um, Go out of your way to call somebody, like physically call them, not text them, but call them and say, I just wanted to say hi. My sister's so good about this. She'll get mad at me if I text her. She'll be like, why are you texting me? Call me. And she'll say, I just want to hear your voice. I want to know how you're doing. Tell me about your day. And I feel so loved. Yeah. Yeah, just call someone. I do that all the time. Oh, like, I believe that. Yeah. I do, like just people I haven't seen for a while, just call them. You, know? you always feel so good afterwards, yeah, yeah. don't you? Well, and they do too, you know. It's, you know, it goes both ways. And actually you know? listen to them. Like be truly interested in their lives and what they have to say. And then a step up from there is maybe you see something, a little gift, and you think of somebody else and you buy it for them. You know, you ever gotten an unexpected gift in the mail? You're like, what? You're like, I was just thinking of you. 
just makes people feel good. It's the um, best, especially yeah. if their love language is gifts. Yes, which is not that common, but it's kind of fun if you know something. Your love language is gifts? Totally. Yes. Yeah, totally. And oh. I doesn't even, when someone has a love language, people assume that it's, they it's, just want you to spend a bunch of money on them, but it's not no, even it's that. It's thoughtfulness. Yeah. yeah. It's just, just to know that you're thinking, even if someone's just like, hey, I brought you a coffee. I'm like, you're the best. Yes. <laughs> That happens to me a lot in practice. Patients will bring me, kids will bring me like a, something they colored for me or someone will just yeah. bring me a coffee and I get so excited. Wow. <laughs> I unexpected. prefer a Rolex, but that's okay. <laughs> Fine with the coffee. I mean, if you talk to your, my husband, he might tell you I have high demands too, but <laughs> it's really simple. <laughs> really simple. Okay, so here's another one. When you're listening to someone, repeat what they say. Wow, Priscilla. So I never knew you. You love gifts, but they don't. They can just be thoughtful gifts. So yeah. I just repeated what you said, but it kind of feels loving because you're like, "Whoa, she actually just heard what I said." It affirms. It affirms that you're listening. You. Yeah. And then most simply, don't be afraid to say I love you. It's shocking to me. I love you, Jenny. I love you, Mike. Okay. <laughs> not that way, but. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but it's shocking to me how many people grew up not feeling comfortable with "I love you." Sure. And it's it's a muscle that you build and it's something that you um you know don't i wouldn't say don't throw don't throw it around without true meaning but maybe you can say it to more people than you say it to you could say it to your your friends friends. yes Mm -hmm. yeah i have a girlfriend who said you know what i love you and i want to tell you more you're such a good friend and it was it's just we're in our 40s and it's just another female friend and when she said that i'm like Oh, that feels so good. And now we say it to each other all the time. And she's like my sister now. Like it elevated our friendship to to more than that. So it's pretty special. Adria, if you're listening, yes, I'm talking about you. Hi, Adria. Hi, Adria. <laughs> so the opposite of being connected, because all of this is about connecting, right? Showing compassion is connecting with ourselves and others. The opposite of that is being numb. And you know what I mean by that. You just kind of get numb. And life is too short to not feel or to connect. We don't want to go through life being numb. So who can you connect with in a loving, accepting, unconditional way? Maybe you connect with a a niece or a nephew or aunt or uncle, um, a neighbor, you know, somebody you used to know you don't spend as much time with, um, somebody you know would love your attention, you know, a grandparent, somebody who know doesn't have a lot of people around them. Um, Make a decision and connect. It, It makes such a difference. So I think that this whole idea of compassion, what's important about it from a scientific standpoint is that there's research surveys that show that emotional stability is more fundamental to happiness than economic stability. So deciding to invest in our emotional stability is valuable. And these are some of the tips that will help us get there. Because, you know, we live in an emotionally unstable world. You know, just turn on the television or go listen to a debate or go on a social site online. Do I have to? It's drama. No, thank you. It's emotionally unstable it drama yeah. because that sells. Yeah. That's interesting. That's and right. it's not um, it's not what makes you necessarily feel good consistently. So, wow, that was a lot of tips. Yeah. That I got them all good. written down here. All good stuff. You know, even if one little thing just grabbed you, this whole this whole show is worth it because it's a journey. You could listen to the show five times and and still hear things you didn't hear. Um, and you know, really, I just I just shared things that over the last I don't know maybe twenty twenty five years I've been working on and things that have really made a difference for me. Um, so I'd love you know when you see me, 
tell me what hit you and what you've been doing and how you've been able to add to this because we all want to learn and grow. And I, I promise you there's going to be more shows like this. I think this is what's needed in our world right now. And this is um, the kind of show I can give. And I feel so good afterwards because what you focus on grows. And it should be treated like a journey too, not just one you're, I'm going to change, you know, it's I, a just lifelong. Find, I just found happiness and now yeah. I'm all set. It's a lifelong <laughs> effort. It is. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for sharing this with me. We appreciate you. Be well, everybody. You've been listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Your host was Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. If you live in the Southern New Hampshire area, schedule a health checkup with Dr. Jenny at 673-5600. That's 673-5600. For more information about Spinal Corrective Center, call 673-5600 or check out www.spinalcorrectivecenter.com. You can also find Dr. Jenny on Facebook at Spinal Corrective Center. Thank you for listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it.